Hey friend, in case you missed it, I posted some personal news on Instagram yesterday. That is maybe exactly the kind of announcement that you are thinking that it is, but also not exactly the news that you're thinking. But I've waited a long time to share it and it's surreal that it is finally here. So today on the podcast, we're talking about when things don't change in a year, but in another way, I didn't mention in this episode, just in case I didn't go live with the post on the exact day that we were planning, in another way, my life will be totally different this time next year. So I will see you over on Instagram, but for now, on with the show. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Do you remember a jingle on television that was like, what a difference a day makes, 24 little hours? Am I making this up? I don't know if it was about flowers or allergy medication, but somehow that is in my head, the difference a day makes. And the phrase, what a difference a year makes. And when I put that into Google, so many articles come up. This is apparently a phrase that we love to come back to and tell ourselves, just think where we could be a year from now. Oh my gosh, look at where I was a year ago. And this got on my radar because I saw a post on Instagram that said something to the effect of, I'm a totally different person than I was this time last year. And where I was this time last year is in the physically in the exact same space, in the exact same place. I was on a vacation with my family in uh, wine country, Temecula, California. First week of July, left July 5, right after 4th of July. Last year, same thing this year. Last year, two weeks before that, on June 21, my book had died. It was one of the worst days of my life, the most traumatic ending to a deeply traumatic year. And I was just in the heaviest fog of grief that I got to that vacation and I had, for the first time in years, the hugest, most painful acne cyst. And I've shared here that I then Googled and was like, can this come from from stress? And they were like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, exactly. From cortisol, from being absolutely miserable. Your body is like, oh my gosh, we can't take this. We are going to combust from the inside and we will visibly show this to you on the outside. So while we were staying at a different house, we were in the exact same location, but it was the same vibe. It was the first time we had done it last year. So it's this core memory for me that it is so associated with being in the fog of that grief. And then just coincidentally, that was the one week this summer that my sister and brother-in-law could do a trip. And so ended up back in same city, same week. And for so many months leading up to this week, I've wanted it to be true that I am a totally different person than I was this time last year. And I heard... Uh, Beyond the Beyonce song, like a few months back, I remember walking in to go see the Brooklyn Nets NBA team. And as we're walking up, I heard the song, You Won't Break My Soul, which is a song that I'd heard before. It's okay. I'm not really a person who listens to music. I just, I don't know. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts. I listen to like instrumental music sort of in the background, but most pop culture things I just hear, I don't know, out and about. I hear them in the grocery store. I don't even really go grocery shopping, but I don't know. You just hear them 
in, in the world. So I've heard this song and it's like, got a good groove and good beat. You won't break my soul. You won't break my soul. Don't tell everybody. Um, great song. But for some reason, it struck me that I was like, this is where I'm at. I think maybe I knew that I was getting close to sharing the story of my book pod. And I just kind of had this vision of like, this is, this is a great anthem for me. You won't break my soul. And I'm going to tell everybody that you won't break my soul from this. And I remember feeling like empowered, like, heck yes, this is my anthem. And then honestly, as you heard last week, this year is kicked, in last week's episode, this year has kicked my derriere. I am deeply burned out. I don't feel like an overcomer. (laughs) I feel like I got knocked around by the craziest waves and it was terrifying. And now I am just laying on the sand, twisted up in seaweed and with that still disgusting saltwater taste in my mouth, like trying to catch my breath. I don't feel like a completely different person because that person on the shore is still defined so deeply by what they went through in the waves. And I think someone who's a completely different person is now has a totally different relationship with the ocean or they're now up on this mountain overlooking the ocean instead of being in it. But when you've just gotten yourself to the shore and you're just still trying to figure out like, where do I go from here? Can I get some fresh water? Am I dehydrated? Am I thinking straight? Like you're not a completely different person. I mean, you aren't where you were. You're in a better place than you were. But you're still so defined by that experience. You're still so affected and impacted by it. If last summer you were in deep grief or going through a breakup or you just started your business or whatever, a year later, you hopefully are in a better place, but you may not feel like such a different person because so much of that is still going on. And you know, the thing about advice is that the majority of it does not work for everyone, especially when it is a one sentence idea, such as what a difference a year makes, or I'm a totally different person than I was last year. Generally, if we're going to extrapolate in in a, a whole book on an idea, on a real in-depth chapter, on a whole podcast episode on something, then we can make space to welcome everybody in all of the complications and complexities and the layers and the levels. But generally, when something is a brief thought, as it is uh, traditionally on social media, we're all going to see things that speak to us. And I've had this moment where you're just like, that one sentence was for me. That inspirational quote was the water I needed in the desert today. That I am going to keep thinking on that. I'm going to keep reflecting on that. That's helped me so deeply. And then we also are going to see these things that feel almost offensive because they feel so untrue for us. They do not describe our experience. And we almost want to be like, how dare you act like that is true? It is not true for me. Now, that doesn't mean 
that it isn't true for them. They can feel it's true. It can be helpful for them. And it's just not true or helpful for you to use that metaphor, use that analogy, have that piece of adage, frame it that way. And if you were in a lengthy conversation back and forth, again, I believe most of the time we can make space for everyone. But a lot of times when we see these things, I notice that they they can kind of make us bristle. Because sometimes a year does change everything. You are so much better than you were last year. But some things take a lot longer to heal from and feel better after. Be okay from the fallout around. And the reason this post stood out to me is because I realized I did have the hope that I would feel better in a year. Even just a few months ago, I heard that song and pictured myself first week of July back in that same place feeling this sense of exultation that I would feel like an overcomer. And I don't, which is not to say that I'm not very proud of myself and that, you know, I've, I've, had a wonderful year in a lot of ways and I've done a lot of great things, but if I didn't have to overcome the trauma of my book story with that same output of energy, I would be so much further and far less exhausted. So I did everything I could this year. I really did my best and my best led to some beautiful experiences, but it wasn't enough to overcome grief and loss and trauma and feel like I was a completely different person. It wasn't enough to be able to get me off the shore, take off the seaweed, fully showered, blow out fresh change of clothes, hiked up the mountain on the vantage point, looking over the ocean, able to reflect back on how far I've come. And now that I look back, it was never going to be enough because I really worked hard this year. I really did do my best, but there's no way that in one year I was going to get up to the top of the mountain. And so I'm wondering if for some of us, it is sometimes in five to 10 years after the thing happens that you are going to be okay enough that while this situation may not be okay, because it may never be okay that you went through those miscarriages, that you went through that divorce, that you lost your mother to that traumatic illness, that may never be okay. But in five to 10 years, are you going to be okay enough that it's no longer defining whether or not you are okay today? It will never be enough that you were caught in the storm and smacked around and went through those moments of feeling like you were drowning and choking. Like that will never be okay. But when you can be up on the vantage point looking out over the cliff and it feels far away, it's no longer defining your experience today. It just remains one of many experiences in your life that make up your story. But of course, that doesn't make for a great, concise meme, right? So we tend to go to the one-sentence stories, and sometimes 
they're true. That that uh, uh, what a difference a year makes. I've had a friend find love after the heartbreak of divorce within the year. I mean, oh my gosh, does a year change everything? Sometimes it is the year that the call for adoption comes through, but you were waiting, and from year one to year two, it no, what a, what a difference a year doesn't make. We're still here. From year two to year three. What a difference a year doesn't make. We're still here. From year three to four, all of a sudden you've got the call. Oh my gosh, what a difference a year makes. Sometimes it's been year after year of not being, quote, the year that you got your business profitable, had breakthrough, met the person, got pregnant, whatever it was. And a year later, you can't believe you're still so heavily in this story, in this weight, in this healing, in this journey, when you wanted to be further down the narrative, the healing. You wanted to have it be behind you. You wanted to be further from the shore. And you were working so hard because you listened to the Beyonce and she got you all pumped up. And you were like, I'm going to climb that mountain this year. And you're like, oh. Maybe that mountain peak is five years away, not one year away. And maybe, therefore, this, I want to say arbitrary concept of time, but to be honest, my brain's a little too tired to really get into, like, where do we get our concept of years from? Is it how often the sun circles around the moon, et cetera? You know, like, we, we have a day, but I don't know, like, a year? Did we just come up with that? I'd have to go back into my history. But I feel like it's an, a kind of arbitrary thing, probably, that we came up with and that now we're so attached to. Where were you July 1 last year? Where were you the month of July last year that we're halfway through the year, as we talked about last week, and we're kind of regrouping? Let's look back to last year and often that we're like, that, that wasn't enough time for me to have a celebratory story this year. So if you're disappointed that you aren't further in summer 2023, if you're still grieving or figuring out what's next, if you don't have an answer or a celebration yet, you're not alone. And if this is your year, then please celebrate because it isn't always, and I don't mean that um, that in like a better be grateful now because it's going to go away. I just mean things come together and they fall apart. And then things come back together again. And then they fall apart again. I'm, I'm reading the book, Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron, and I'm going very slowly f- through it because it has been um, a hard year, and it's one of those books you really want to like sink in and 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 grasp it. But that basic premise is something that I play with a lot. How do I? I roll it around in my mind. How do I feel about the idea that sometimes it's our time and other times it's not? And I think it's a belief that I am trying. I am often failing, but trying to hold on to, like in my weak, unsure, questioning belief that everyone has highs and lows. Now, they may not be completely even. That's where, again, when we talk about, you know, advice, like, you know, everything happens for a reason or whatever, like everyone has high and low seasons. If it's just that sentence, it can feel so easy to be like, let's not talk about the 1% in America compared to someone living in a third world country. Let's not talk about someone in a war-torn nation versus someone in 
this idea look place. So a lot more questions about the universe within that. And I don't know that everyone gets the same amount of highs and lows. Um, I heard years ago, uh, the life coach, Brooke Castillo, uh, say she believes life is 50-50. Like everybody gets 50% 50 good, 50% bad. I don't know that I really want to believe that either because I don't love accepting that for every win, there's going to be a loss. Like that feels a little bit too negative to me to accept. I also don't want to just go with the like, everyone has highs and lows. It all works out. I don't know if it's even. I heard someone that I respect the other day say, God is fair. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we really look back through everything biblically, do we feel that God is fair? Like, can we really say that? So you know that I am here for asking the bigger questions and pushing back on these platitudes. And yet... I've had a few friends in my life this year that went through real low lows. And this summer, they're going through real high highs. And that, it's really speaking to me. You know, whatever the platitude is, I'm looking at the lives of the women in front of me and I'm choosing to focus on the ones who have had the low lows and are now having the high highs. And I'll be honest with you, I'm sure there are also women out there that have just had low after low after low. There, there, there may be. But I will also say for some of these women, they've been through a lot of lows, <laughs> like a lot of lows. And yet now they're in a high. And I look to that as proof of like, okay, if this is feeling like my low season, it it wasn't a year was the difference for them. It didn't all just happen in a year. Sometimes it was year after year after year, and then they got to this place after three years, after four years. So I look at that to encourage me to say, even if it's five years, you can be in a low season now and get to a high season. My friend Jordan went through three years of recurrent pregnancy loss. She had three miscarriages in three years. It was such a dark and devastating season. They um, were also open to adoption submitted, got matched so quickly in adoption. Meanwhile, have another friend. It took them four years to get an adoption match. Can't explain. Is God fair? I don't, I don't know. Um, and then she got pregnant. And they, when she texted me the picture, I was in the bathtub. She texted me a picture of, I mean, I knew that she was pregnant, but I, I saw the, the picture for the first time of her holding her infant from adoption with her very round, you know, five or six months pregnant belly of the second baby. And I just wept. And I just texted her back, abundance. That in all capitals, like that's what this photo is. This photo is abundance. There were three years of lack, but now you were gifted twofold what, what was taken in those years. You get double the blessing, even though there was this drought. Um, my friend Nicole Walters went through a really gut-wrenching divorce and now has a uh, new love. And on back-to-back days, she announced the stunning cover of her new book, which she's worked so incredibly hard on. And the next day that she had gotten engaged 
and has like found this new love, has found like the divorce was not her desire, it was not her choice, but is so much happier in this new relationship, in this new season of life, just honestly thriving after really hard things. Before the divorce, her daughter had cancer. I mean, just really hard things that were happening. All of this is, this, these are things that she's publicly shared. Both of these women, now I'm only sharing things they've publicly shared at this point. And I look at both of them to say like, I've known these women for a long time now. And I've seen them in the low for years and years. And now I'm seeing them in, in a high that is represented by so many good highs. And so I look to them to say, okay, Hillary, you saw them in their valley and now they are rising in their peak. So believe that your peak is ahead of you. And it's not easy to say that because I'll be honest, it's not guaranteed. It might not be true. As I said, I could look around and I might be able to find some examples of people where it's just been hard for 10 years. I don't know where it never went up. I I don't have those people on my radar, but they might be out there. I'm sure I could go look for them if I want to prove to myself that it might not be true. And it's scary to have hope. And I don't know that it will be true and that there will be that peak there. Um, And that I will look back and feel like, okay, I, I don't wish that I went through that, but I really am fine. I'm really not limping because of it anymore. It's part of my story, but it's not impacting my day-to-day anymore. It, it's part of Nicole's story that she went through divorce, but it's not a reality in her day-to-day at this point. It will always impact Jordan that she went th- through infertility, but her day-to-day right now is her two little boys, Noah and Shepard, and having two babies five months apart and just like all of this abundance and getting to soak in this season. So it is not easy to say it. And if you are struggling to hold out hope, I do not want to make it sound like I just am walking around every day feeling this joy, this peace, this hope, this optimism. And yet I'm, I'm fighting to have it more. I want to have it more. Because feeling good feels good. Feeling better feels better. So as I shared last week, when I'm in this season where I'm struggling, I, I do self-coach and try to check myself. We could go further into hopelessness, which leads to depression and exhaustion and grayness and heaviness. So how can we keep looking for little reminders, little encouragements of hopefulness? And I think that that is the real razor's edge of of tipping into the depression where things just get harder and harder or choosing to keep looking for the light, looking towards the light without dismissing that you can feel very far from that light and without dismissing that you have the humility it is not guaranteed but then i guess i have to go back to okay but is there any decision i can make about the hopelessness area like is there something i could do are you trying to decide whether or not to leave the relationship whether or not to close the business whether or not to stop the fertility you know treatments like sometimes there's a decision that we're trying to to decide to make. But there's a lot of other times when it just is. Like 
my brother-in-law's injury. It, it just is. And so to focus on the, the present circumstance when there isn't anything you can do, there's, there's not an option A or B. This just is where we are. Then I am trying for myself, and this is such a work in progress. I just want to be so honest about that. But I am trying for myself to look more to the stories of hope, the stories of promise, the friends that, and it's hard sometimes because people feel ahead of you, right? If it's your fertility journey and you hear Jordan's story, like that can almost feel more painful because she's ahead of you in it. But she's also hoped that that can be the ending. If you're in divorce, it can feel painful that Nicole found love, but she's also proof that it can happen, as is Jen Hatmaker, as is Lisa Turkhurst. Like, I don't know if you know these other women that I'm aware of that went through divorces and, um, and, and have found new and, and healthy love. So it's painful sometimes to look at those people, but it's also hopeful. And I have so much empathy and gentleness and tenderness. I hope that you can hear if you are in that place of really feeling like you kind of are on that edge between hopelessness and hopefulness and honoring that you're not where you hoped you'd be this time last year. And you're not a totally different person. It's not a totally different story. Um, And maybe it will be in year two, year three, year four, year five, year 10, but it's not today. It isn't since one year ago, but not because you didn't do your best. Your peak is just farther than you could have worked hard to get to this year, than you could have prayed your way to get to this year, than you could have gone to therapy to get to this year. But it doesn't mean that your part of the journey wasn't valuable, meaningful, beautiful, your best, and you shouldn't be incredibly proud of what you have done to get here versus where you were a year ago. But it also doesn't necessarily mean that a year made all the difference or that you're a completely different person than you were a year ago. But I do believe you did your best. I am proud of you. I am proud of myself. And I choose to believe that your and my peak is coming. So maybe let's check back in next year. But, you know, it might be four years from now. And... I'm choosing to believe that the peak will feel so good that we'll be okay, that it took a couple more years. We will understand the way the path unfolded, or even if we never understand, we will just be so grateful to be at the peak, and that will be enough. But until then, friend, I am on the journey with you. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately hasn't happened yet as of recording this episode, but by the time it goes live, we will have told our families and we will have told you on Instagram. And I don't really have any more words to say about it other than that, but I really look forward to talking about it with you next week. 
I will see you over on Instagram in the meantime. And until then, next Wednesday with grace and gumption. You're welcome in advance. next Wednesday.